Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. We are so glad that you're here today, and uh, I hope that, that you come expecting just that God would do something significant as we gather and uh, I do want to give you that honest invitation. Feel free to move forward. The shade is this way. I drove by on uh, one of the days this week just to see where the sun would be about 10 o'clock or so. And I knew it ought to make a good crowd up front. But uh, uh, it's, uh, it's so good to see you here. And uh, welcome to the beautiful city of Uniontown, the county seat of Fayette County. How many are thankful for this place we get to call home? Um, this, this is such a, such a great uh, joy that we have. I want to take a, just a moment to just acknowledge some folks have, have uh, just allowed and made this possible today. Of course, I want to thank our, our uh, city mayor, uh, Mayor Bill Gerke, for uh, his uh, hospitality, them, their team, opening this place for us today. Would you just show your appreciation to Mayor Gerke? Thank you for allowing us to be here today. And uh, also want to say thank you to uh, uh, Chief uh, DJ DeWitt uh, Chief and uh, the Uniontown Police Department, would you just show your appreciation to the, the police department and their help today and grateful for each of them. And then also uh, the Redevelopment Authority here in Uniontown uh, led by Matt George and uh, the Redevelopment Authority who uh, oversees this grounds, these grounds, just a great place. Would you just show your appreciation to Matt George and the Redevelopment Authority, grateful for this, uh, this opportunity. I, I want to uh, just share as briefly as possible because I know we're, we're in the sun, but man, I, I want to just, I hope today you can just lean in on this Sunday morning as we gather in a significant place um, just for this significant occasion. We celebrate America being 246 years old tomorrow, that for 246 years we've been blessed and we share something in common with our country and that is here in Uniontown, uh, this city was one of the only cities birthed on the exact same day, July 4th, 1776. And so while there was a nation being birthed, there was also a city that God was putting in place. I, I don't believe this nation is better than any other nation. I believe we are blessed. Uh, but how many know that God doesn't love us more just because we got to be in the United States? Uh, he loves all the world. How many know that God is in love with every person, every, every one that he has been, that he's created? We're not better because we live in this land. We are blessed because we live in this land. And we're not better because we live in Uniontown, but I believe we're blessed because we live here in a place that we get to see and be a part of God doing something significant in our land. I don't believe God is caught up with any coincidence. God knows all things and works all things together for good. There's nothing that is coincidence. I don't believe it's just a coincidence that, that America was birthed on the same day or Uniontown birthed on the same day as America starting. I believe that God is setting something in motion. And I want to just share today, just from this title, A Righteous Cause. And before we get into that, I want to take a moment just to acknowledge that for 246 years, there have been those uh, who, have, who have carried on this tradition of bringing freedom and protecting freedom here in the United States of America. It would be fitting today that it was started with a, with a, with a, a contention, that it, there, was, there was a contending for this land and for this freedom. And those who have continued that, I want to honor all the men 
and women who have served in military force, whether in wartime or in peacetime, whatever it is, I'm going to ask you if you can to stand today because we want to honor you, every man and woman that has served to carry on this 246-year tradition of protecting freedom. We say thank you, thank you, thank you. If you see those around you today, man, we are so grateful and uh, thank you for serving. You may be seated we would all stand to honor you, but if we'd stand, we wouldn't know who you are. So uh, I mean this sincerely. I, my my, uh, uh, my uh, brother is currently in, in uh, South Korea. My grandfather fought in the Korean War. Jody's grandfather in World War II. Uh, her father in Vietnam. And uh, so I have not personally served in those uh, in any of those forces. But man, I tell you, we pray and we thank God for the men and women who have given us what we have today. Uh, this is a blessed place when it comes to America. I believe this today, and I, I don't know if there's someone here today, I, I, I want to encourage you um, that whatever your view of America, I want to say this today, God is not done moving in the country of this land we call the United States of America. God's not finished in this place that has been set in motion and set in order. There's still more to be done. I, I don't believe that this country is the promised land but I do believe this is a land of promise. I don't believe this is the promised land, but, but, but definitely one of, of promise that, that we have something of, of value and, and something to give honor and thanks to God. I, uh, in a letter written by George Washington, President George Washington at the time, in the year 1790, he wrote a letter to a Hebrew congregation. It was the first congregation, the first uh, Jewish settlement in Newport, Rhode Island. And as he wrote a letter, he wrote a letter to them acknowledging that this land that we live in, it will be a place that will be an area that will be open for everyone to practice a religion unto one God, that they can practice in a freedom of religion. And he gave this recognition. And as he wrote in there, he, he referenced Micah chapter 4, verse 4. And I want to read what that, what that scripture says as President George Washington referenced this scripture. He says, everyone will live in peace and prosperity, enjoying their own grapevines and fig trees, for there will be nothing to fear. The Lord of heaven's armies has made this promise. Our first president, the founding father, one of the beginnings, he made acknowledgement that this land is a place of freedom unto God for the place of worship. And he wrote a letter saying, this place is where we will share in sitting together in peace under grapevines and trees. He was making a point that this scripture said that in the place of Zion, in the place of God's presence, that God will establish a place that we can be under our own trees, that we would own our own, our own own trees in a place that we could sit with our neighbors in peace. Now, I know and recognize that that is speaking of an eternity. How many know we are eternal people looking for a kingdom, not, not of this earth, but we have a hope in heaven. But I want you to know as well, not only do we have a hope to look forward to, but we have a hope to practice while on this earth that I do not believe America is the fulfillment of God's promise, but I do believe America is a part and a taste of God's blessing and God's promise. There has not been a land so blessed like the United States of America. We don't say it with arrogance. We don't say it with pride, but we say it with acknowledgement and gratitude to our God that we are a blessed nation and a blessed people, and it is all because of one nation under God. If you agree with me today, would you give praise to this God that this one nation has been established by? I want to take the liberty of George Washington as he spoke and referenced of this land being a place of promise, not the promise, but a place of promise. 
And in Zechariah chapter 8, there's uh, 10 verses that I want to read today. And I, I want to just read them to you. And I want you to, to see in these moments the hand of God and how do we hold on to this promise. Because I do believe God is not done with America. I believe that there's still great days ahead that God has blessed and greater blessings still to come. Here's what it says in Zechariah chapter 8, verse 3. It says this, And now the Lord says, I am returning to Mount Zion, and I will live in Jerusalem. Then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city. The mountain of the Lord of heaven's armies will be called the holy mountain. He's speaking of the place of his presence. That He says, I'm going to return to the place and establish the place of my presence. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies says. Once again, old men and women will walk Jerusalem streets with their canes and will sit together in the city squares. I don't know if you brought your cane, but here we are. And the streets of the city will be filled with the laughter of boys and girls who are playing. This is what the Lord says, the Lord of heaven's armies. All this may seem impossible to you now, a small remnant of God's people, but is, is it impossible for me, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Have you noticed? He likes to reference the Lord of heaven's He says this over and over again. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. You can be sure that I will rescue my people from the east and from the west, and I will bring them home again to live safely in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and just toward them as their God. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Be strong and finish the task. Somebody look at your neighbor and tell them, be strong and finish the task. Be strong and finish the task. Ever since the laying of the foundation of the temple, now I realize this is referring to the temple of God, the place of his presence, but I think there's something significant that ever since the laying of the foundation of this land, I, I understand and recognize this is not the holy place of God's uh, eternal uh, place of, of, of habitation. But how many know we are the temple of the living God, that he dwells on the inside of us and we carry the presence of God. He says, carry on this task that ever since the laying of the foundation of the temple of the Lord of heaven's armies, you have heard what the prophets have been saying about completing the building. Before the work on the temple began, there were no jobs, no money to hire people or animals, no traveler was safe from the enemy for there were enemies on all sides I had turned everyone against each other there are those days we go through difficulties but he goes on to say but I will not treat the remnant of my people as I treated them before says the Lord of heaven's armies for I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you I want you to hear this today I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you the grapevines will be heavy with fruit the earth will produce its crops and the heavens will release the dew once more I will cause the remnant in Judah and Israel to inherit these blessings among among the other nations Judah and Israel became a symbol of cursed nations but no longer now I will rescue you and make you both a symbol and a source of blessing so don't be afraid be strong and get on with building the temple don't be afraid be strong and get on with building the temple somebody say one more time to your neighbor tell him be strong and finish the task be strong and finish the task God I thank you it's your word God I pray that as we sit in the sun I pray that it would turn to good suntan and help us not to get burnt. But God, I pray most of all that our hearts would burn with the fire of your presence and of your promise. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you say amen? amen. All right. Let me, uh, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm comfortable up here, to be honest with you. There's still some more shade up here. And uh, I, just, I just feel bad right now. Like, I'm, I'm in the, the, the shade. And anyway, I'm going to get on with it, get, get this moving. William Penn, anybody know William Penn? Not personally, you've heard the name. William Penn, the founder of Sylvania, later King Charles II, 
gave it the name Pennsylvania, that we have this land that we're in. It was said of William Penn that as he was inheriting or given this land of 25 million acres, a place that was given to him because of a debt that was owed to his father. His father had had supported the, the, the colonies and some of the work that had taken place. He had debt to the government. And how many know this? The scripture says that you will lend and not borrow. Man, that was what was happening in this day. This land was established because there was a favor of God upon the Penn family and they would lend and not borrow. They lent to kings. They borrowed or kings borrowed from them. How many know that's a place of prominence when the kings are borrowing from you? I believe that God wants his church to be the place of influence where the kings come and say to the church, we want your wisdom. We want your insight. We want your the favor. What is upon you? We want in our nation. How many would agree with that? That the church ought to lead the way to favor and prosperity to the blessing. I know sometimes you say prosperity and some people are like, prosperity. I want you to know God wants you to to be blessed. He wants to give you favor. Now, that's not calculated by what's in your bank or what you have that you drive or you that you live in. It's calculated by the peace and the joy and the confidence that is in your heart. You can't get that from any, you can't work or earn that. You can only receive that by grace and having a relationship with Jesus William Penn, of course, being the father of Pennsylvania, the one who, who, who established this. In 1682, he outlined the frame of the government for the providence of Pennsylvania and America. And in it, he wrote that all believers in one almighty and eternal God shall in no ways be molested or prejudiced for their persuasion or their religious practice in a matter of faith and worship. For this shall be the seed of a nation, a holy experiment unto God. He said of this land, a seed of a nation. He prophesied that 95 years later in Philadelphia, they would sign the Declaration of Independence. 95 years later that William Penn said it will be a seed of a nation. How many know Pennsylvania has become a seed of a nation. The Keystone State, the place of independence was written. A seed of a nation has gone forth, but I want to remind you that he said as well, it would be a holy experiment of freedom and worship under the one true God. It would be a holy experiment. Now, some would say of America, if America is a holy experiment, some would say America has failed. I want to say to you that America has not failed. America has not yet still completed or discovered all that this experiment is about to produce and show. I believe that it's not done yet, that there's there's more to be established, that yes, we are an imperfect people. We are an imperfect people, but we are guided by a perfect promise. We are imperfect people. We could stand here today and acknowledge there were points. I love history. I love American history, and I love church history. And in both church history and American history, I can tell you there were leaders of their day who missed the mark. They missed moments when they could have made different decisions, but for the appeasement or for whatever reason, they did not end slavery quick enough. They didn't make decisions that should have been done in a proper way. They, they put, a, put a, a oppression on different people and things. America has some things in its past, but I want to tell you, just because there's flaw doesn't mean it's not valuable, doesn't mean it's not good, doesn't mean it's not blessed. It means that we must depend on the grace of God that our best days still ahead of us, that only by the grace of God. This is not a question of are we perfect people because how many know you and I have raised homes and I don't know if there's any parents in the room but we have been founding fathers and mothers of our homes and how many would acknowledge we look back and say I could have done something a little different. I could have moved in a different direction and I realized that that we can't overlook but yes America has not failed in its experiment. I believe the experiment is still going. 
Israel was given a promise in their history and they forgot the promise that God gave. God said, if you honor me in Deuteronomy, he says, if you follow me, I'll bless your lands. There'll be blessings upon you. Israel was in the history of, of rising and falling. They had moments of coming and going in and out with God. But in every season, the grace of God was upon them. The, the guidance, the hand of God was upon them. And every moment, God's promise remained with them. Never once were they forsaken or abandoned. But every time, God made way for them to return to him. God has done the same with his people. And I believe that God is not done working in America. I believe this holy experiment is still in work and in motion. Is there anyone who agrees with me today that this holy experiment is still unto God? That we are people 246 years later. But now we get to lead as they did on that day when they signed the Declaration of Independence. And they said, and we now vow unto God our goods, our resources, our lives, and our honor, all that we are to this purpose. I want to outline some things real quick that this great experiment is not done. And here's some reasons we have hope. Number one, we have a founding father. Somebody say, thank God. We have a founding father. A founding father, a founder is someone who sets things in motion. God is the founding father, the source, giving way to all things. Notice he says seven times in just the text that we read, the Lord of heaven's armies. The Lord of heaven's armies says, why is that significant? Because the Lord of heaven's armies means that he has all power and authority, which means he is orchestrating and controlling all things. He is a God that even in our out of control, God still has things under control. Even in our chaos, chaos God is still working and ordering the steps of all things. We have a God, a Father, who is putting power and authority in place. Paul gave insight to the people of Athens, who at their time, he wrote to them in Acts chapter 17. Athens was the power place of that day. Athens was, was in, in Greece that had the, the place of philosophers. That's where wise people went to learn. If you were from Athens, you were seen to be better than everybody else. You're from Athens. This is what Paul said to the people of Athens in the book of, in the book of Acts. He says, from one man, God created all the nations throughout the whole earth he decided beforehand when they should rise and when they should fall and he determined their boundaries his purpose was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him though he is not far from any one of us can I say to you that America has been a nation though it's been imperfect it has been the desire to seek after God from its very beginning that says unto God that we are seeking and asking God he says these words to the church in Athens or the people in Athens he says for from him we live, we move, and we exist. And some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. How many know if, he is our, if we are his offspring, we know then that he is our father. We have a founding father. We acknowledge our dependence upon God. God is still, he has not taken his hand off of America. I realize there were three signers of the Declaration of Independence who were deists. And by deists, they believed this, that there was a God, but God was like a, like a, a God who set something into motion and then walked away and let it go. No, he is not He is not a God who is ever abandoned or forsaken. He's a God that his hand was upon us 246 years ago, and his hand is still upon this nation if my people will call upon his name. His hand, he will still draw near if we'll seek after him. We acknowledge our dependence upon God in order that we might claim independence from tyranny. We cannot claim independence if we first don't have a dependence. If you don't have a dependence in somewhere, then you can't claim independence from anything. And the only way we had the right, or not just the right, the ability to claim independence from a country 
that had taxed and, and put oppression, and literally it was the, Jew, the, the judicial system was turned upside down. It was taxation without representation. All of this was set in motion, but the only reason we had grounds, our founding fathers had grounds, is because they believed in the courts of heaven and the law of God and the word of God. If you throw out the word of God, how many know you have nothing to stand on when you try and resist anything that comes against you? You can't resist anything if you're not standing on something. And so our, our founding fathers recognized this. They, they understood it. I, I love this. Ben Franklin, he addressed the, con, the Constitutional Convention in June 28th of 1787. And I, I want to read this. Listen to what he says. I have lived, sir, a long time. He is now 81 years old. I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proof I see of this truth, that God governs in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an, that an empire can rise without his aid? We have been assured, sir, in the sacred writings that except the Lord build, they will labor in vain, they that build it. I firmly believe this, and I also believe that without his concurring aid, we shall succeed in this political building no better than the builders of Babel. I therefore beg leave to move that henceforth prayers imploring, imploring the assistance of heaven and its blessings on our deliberations be held in this assembly every morning before we proceed to business and that one or more clergy of this city be requested to officiate in that prayer for we must call upon God. Benjamin Franklin who wrote and signed the Declaration of Independence who authored and gave way to some of the laws that we have said we cannot continue Continue this nation unless we beseech heaven and ask God for his mercy. How many know that truth still remains? That we have a founding father. Thank God for founding fathers who, who move forward, acknowledge, and, and give, give recognition. Founding fathers are those who set a course of truth. They point to a cause and they leave an inheritance. Let me say that again. When you have a founding father, they point to a cause and they leave an inheritance. Where are the fathers of our land today? Where are the founding fathers that will point to a cause and leave an inheritance. That will point to a cause and leave an inheritance. I, I recognize this, that in, in Malachi chapter 4, he says this, Look, I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to children, the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike the land with a curse. I got to be honest with you. There's a bit of a curse on the land. This isn't bad news. Because here's the good news. Wherever there's a curse, there is one by his blood who is able to reverse the curse that has fallen on the land. There, there is a curse because I, I don't know that we have the founding fathers we need to have like we had 246 years ago. We're the founding fathers who will point to the cause and leave an inheritance. Who will point to the cause and say, for this cause, for this righteous cause, this is who we are. Who, where are the, those with Joshua who would say, as for me and my house, you can serve Baal. If you want to serve Baal, you can go that direction if you want. But as for me and my, where are the fathers who will say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The founding fathers who will point the direction who will point the direction, the, 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 the cause, and leave an inheritance, we have to admit that there, there is a curse upon our land. There's chaos. I recognize this, and forgive me I, if you don't like sometimes the chaos that fills the streets. I got to remind us that it was in our homes before it got out there. 
It doesn't get in our streets until it's in our homes. It's what we allow in our homes that now pours out into the streets. And so I'm just saying, oh God, give us some more founding fathers, some founding mothers who will carry out this cause, this purpose. I want to move on. Here's number two. Here's another reason we have hope for America because we have an unfinished experiment. This is a holy experiment, and I don't believe it's over yet. I don't believe God's done working on this experiment. Why is it an experiment? Because it's a taste of what heaven ought to be. But how many, I recognize this is not the promised land. Don't misunderstand me. America is not the promised land, but I do believe America is a land of promise. And I believe it's a place that God's experiment, this holy experiment can be carried out. It's an unfinished experiment. Let me tell you this today. Your current condition is, does not, is not your divine destination. Your current condition is not your divine destination. If you're sitting here today and you say, Jason, my current condition is not the best, I want to say to you, it's not your divine destination. But if you would also say to me, my current condition is good. I don't need anything. I'm happy. Everything's good. This is still not your divine destination. Whatever condition you're in, this is not your divine destination. You will leave this earth one day. You will leave this earth. You and I will move from this place to a place of eternity, that we, we have this unfinished work. And, and here's what he, what he says in Zechariah. But until we get there, there's this work that we have. We read this text. It says, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Once again, old men and women will walk Jerusalem streets with their canes and will sit in the city squares together. And the streets will be filled with boys and girls' laughter. Why is this significant? Because he's saying to them, there has been a curse on, on, on Judah, on the people. And because of the curse, people don't live long. If you remember when Moses was leading them out of Egypt, as he was leading them, he's leading them out of Egypt, and the Bible says because of their unfaithfulness of one generation, that that generation did not walk into the promised land. They died in the wilderness. Why? Because there is a cost that the unfaithfulness to not honor God, it was a curse on the land. Now he's saying old men and women will sit together in your city streets or in your, in, your, in your square. He's making a point. What was once the curse has been broken. Can I say to you, whatever the current condition is, by God's grace, it can be overturned. Whatever the epidemic, whatever the situation, whatever the violence, let's not be ignorant. There's violence in the streets and certain places of Uniontown, but by God's grace, we ought to be the church to influence and share the light and the hope of Jesus Christ that we can change the current condition. We can't make heaven on earth. Don't get me wrong. There is only one heaven. I'm going to get there one day. I don't, I'm not making heaven on earth, but I'm living in the kingdom of God that I can allow his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not to replace heaven, but there is this ability that we can influence, that we can walk in this place of bringing hope. There's a condition that can be changed. I, I, I want to encourage us to, to, even though there are setbacks, to be strong and to finish the task. It might seem impossible, he says, but it's not impossible with God. I, I want to recognize that to be strong and endure in this task. Because can I be honest with you? It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. This is not easy. I, I want to read again a letter that John Adams wrote to his wife the day before they signed the Declaration of Independence. He writes this letter to his wife, and um, worship team is going to, well, they're already here, so they're going to start playing. Because if you know church, if they play, it makes the preacher shut up quicker. And someone in the back is like, hurry, start playing, please. <laughs> Somebody. <laughs> I, I want to read this, and, and this is what John Adams says. John Adams says to his wife, I am apt to believe, in the letter he writes the, the day before he, he signs the Declaration of Independence, July 3rd, 1776, I am apt to believe, my love, 
that this day will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to Almighty God. It ought to be solemnized with, 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 with pomp and parade, with shows, with games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of the continent to the other from this time forward forevermore. Anybody have those neighbors that already set off the illuminations? It's not even fireworks. Where are you? Uh, I like it. I, I sat in my backyard yesterday. The little fireworks over here, a little one over there. He goes on to say, you may, think me, you may think me transported with enthusiasm, but I am not. I am well aware of the toil and blood and treasure that it will cost us to maintain this declaration and support and to defend these states. Yet through all the gloom, I can see the rays of ravishing light and glory. Can I, I hope today that no matter what you see, I can see the rays of ravishing light and glory. I can see the end that is more worth all the means. And the posterity will triumph in that day's transaction. And although we should rue it, we should rue the day which I trust in God, we shall not. He says it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a moment that's not easy. I want to say to you today that, that there's an unfinished experiment. God's not done with America doesn't mean there's hard, not hard days, difficult decisions, elections, things that take place, but God is not done. I, I want to wrap with this. We have an unfailing seed, and here's the unfailing seed. William Penn said it'll be a seed of a nation. And I recognize this. The soil may not be the most productive, but the seed is still powerful. America's soil, be honest, has not always been the most productive. There's been chaos. There's been different things and stuff that has occurred in our nation. I, this is not a political statement, but the killing of life is a curse upon a land. To endorse murder is to object the God of all creation. There's a curse that might be on our land. There again, I'll take it back to where are the founding fathers that'll stand. But we have this, this seed, and, and I want to read this, Zechariah 8, and here's what he says. I want you to get excited today, because listen, he says, I am planting seeds of peace and prosperity among you. The grapevines will be heavy with fruit. The earth will produce its crops, and the heaven will release the dew. Once more, I will cause the remnant of Jerusalem and Israel to inherit these blessings. Among all other nations, Judah and Israel become symbol, have become symbols of a, of a cursed nation, but no longer I will rescue you and make you both a symbol and a source of blessing. So don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with rebuilding the temple. Don't be afraid. Be strong and get on with rebuilding the temple. You say, well, what's the temple? The temple is the place of God's presence. Where's God's presence belong? In his creation. That if anyone is in Christ, they're an old, they're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You, we establish it right here. And so I want to pray today, maybe on this July 3rd. What is the hope for America? The hope for America is Jesus Christ. How our lives change. We need to write better laws. By all means, we ought to have godly laws. But we're in error if we're leaning on the laws to change our land. If you have changed laws and not changed hearts, you just have rebels. 
If you have changed laws, by all means, let's change the laws. But more than, than, than being in a place of telling the courthouse they need to change, can I say to you, no, let's allow change to be in our hearts, in our communities, in the place that we are. God, do a change in us. I want to ask you today, if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, I'm going to say a, a prayer, and, and we're going to close in a prayer, and we're going to celebrate in a song as we have baptisms because there are people's lives being transformed. And when we have freedom in Christ, it sets everything in a different direction. I want to ask you today, if, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you say today, in just a moment, we have a couple people that are going to be baptized in water, and we're going to celebrate and fill these streets with praise because of what God is doing in lives being transformed. Our kids future but if you're here today and you say Jason I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life I'm not going to ask you to us to close our eyes I'm going to say on this on this day if that's you and if you're serious you say today I want to surrender I'm going to commit my life to Jesus I'm saying to Jesus here I am come into my life I want you to be a I want to be a temple of your presence and today I'm surrendering my life to you you say I've already done that before then by all means you are saved but if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life today is a day for you to celebrate. I'm going to ask those that are getting ready to be baptized to just come and make their way and Pastor Rick and Pastor Mike coming. But if that's you today and you say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life and today I'm surrendering my life to Christ. If that's you, just lift your hand right where you are. You say, today I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Come on, is there anyone today? You say, on this, this day, I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Is there anybody? Yeah. I want to pray a blessing over you. And here's what I want to pray. I want to pray the prayer that Franklin D. Roosevelt prayed. Would you stand with me today? I know you've been sitting. Some of you, this is your moment. The shade is up here. Come on up. We're, we're going to close with a song and with, with um, uh, baptisms. But I want to close in prayer just before we, we have baptisms here today. And how many would say, God, help us to be dedicated to this holy experiment? How many would say, that's my prayer? God, I want, to be, I want to be dedicated to this holy experiment to see your kingdom come, to see your work accomplished. I want to pray today. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray the prayer that FDR prayed on the radio June 6, 1944, that we know is D-Day. And I want to pray this prayer over you today. Almighty God, our sons and our daughters, the pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. Lead them straight and true. Give strength to their arms, stoutness to their hearts, steadfastness in their faith. They will need thy blessings, O oh God. Their road will be long and hard, for the enemy is strong. He may hurl back our forces. Success may not come easy or with rushing speed, but we shall return again and again. And we know that by thy grace, O oh God, and by the righteousness of our cause, our sons and our daughters will triumph. And I add to this, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I pray a blessing over us.
a prayer that's been prayed over a generation that we've come to know as the greatest generation. And I thank God for that great generation. But I recognize how many know just because we had a great one in the past doesn't mean we can't have another great one in this moment. How many agree with me? And speaking of that moment, we've got some individuals that are about to be baptized. We're going to turn this into a party. Is that all right with everybody? We're going to celebrate because the Bible says that when we're baptized, it represents life in Christ. And so here we go. We're going to introduce them. Come on in here. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to pray uh, just God's blessing.